welcome to the Athlete and the Average Joe, an Eclipse Fuel podcast. I'm Georgia, performance dietitian and athlete. And I'm Ryan, primary school teacher and regular guy. We're here to make healthy and fulfilling living more attainable with handy hints that are realistic and sustainable. That even I can implement. We're all about good vibes here, so drop five stars, subscribe, and we hope you enjoy the show. Joe, it's Georgia here. And Ryan. And today we're going to talk to you about nutrition basics for exercise and sports performance. So as an accredited sports dietitian, I have a little bit of knowledge in this area. It is a passion sort of area for me, Um, but it's also something I get asked about a lot. So people are really conscious of the impact of food um, on their exercise or more so the exercise impacting maybe their nutrition for the day. Uh, Ryan, in terms of, I guess, nutrition for exercise, is it something that you think about before you go and train or work out? Not so much of I'm going to exercise, so I need to think about what I'm eating, but I have found in the last couple of weeks getting back into the gym, uh, if I get to the gym and I have eaten in the last couple of hours, depending on what I've eaten, has sort of been sitting right in my stomach while I am exercising. So that has sort of made me think... Is there something I can do mm-hmm. that will either make me feel better at the gym or feel better after the gym, really? Yeah, so we'll look at that in depth today. We'll look at uh, maybe some different ideas for different types of training you might be doing. Uh, we'll look at you know what time and what you should be consuming and then also maybe example of meal patterns that, that could go along. So you know if you're more training in the morning versus training in the night or at lunchtime, it all sort of will affect what you choose to eat. Uh, and then we'll go through some misconceptions about nutrition and sports performance a bit later on. So I guess where the confusion lies because we have a lot of um, information out there that's maybe more targeted at elite athletes, but as more people are getting into exercise, which is fantastic in the gym, there's a lot of bro science that goes down and they get consumed by some stuff that, you know, maybe they don't need to worry about so much. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much the rundown of what we're going to cover today. For, for today, I'm going to be asking Georgia a lot of questions just as a bit of a interview format so that we can try and fit in heaps of information. So George, why is nutrition important for exercise? So there's lots of reasons why we want to be thinking about our nutrition and fueling our body. So obviously we very similarly to a car, we need fuel, we need food to be able to function and exercise is just one of those functions that we complete each day. So some of the side effects of not fueling properly, um, so if you're going into a session and not having enough intake in, uh, we see poor concentration levels, obviously fatigue because we don't have enough energy to get through the session. Um, we also see poor recovery post-session as well, so a lot of excess inflammation and that um, I guess that's that's a sign that you're probably breaking down some of your protein stores for fuel. Um, and we also just see your inability to actually push yourself during that session. So you might not be able to achieve a new strength or fitness goal. Um, and then, of course, there's hydration. So that comes under nutrition too. Um, so being dehydrated is probably one of our number one causes of daytime fatigue, as we talked about in routines last week. And that also can affect exercise performance too. So just a 2% loss in your water um, it can lead to sort of fatigue and energy drops. So we want to make sure on top of that as well. Well, that's making a lot of sense if it's a 2% drop. Yeah. I think I know why I've been feeling so tired recently. Yeah. Um, and when should we start thinking about our food? Yeah, so I guess for most people when they're, they're thinking about 
nutrition and its effects on exercise is probably once we've already established a good healthy eating routine. So when we talk about sports nutrition in a bit of a pyramid, so we've got to get the basics right first. Um, so that is just general healthy eating. And then we can start moving up and thinking about maybe um, changing how much we're eating of say carbohydrates versus fats versus proteins. And then we can think about meal timing, which is what we're going to talk about today, where we can time our food around our training. Um, to get the most out of it. And then lastly is things like supplements. That's like the cherry on top of the icing on top of the cake. We think about that last. Um, but for most people, they would have maybe established a healthy routine with their nutrition and then also their exercise and maybe noticing they're a bit tired after a session um, or they're, they're like you, feeling like they've got something sitting in their stomach while they're eating. That's always a, a motivator to ask the question about what exactly should I be eating. Yeah, so I think it's just um, moving to that next step of marrying those two up to get yeah. your optimal performance. Yeah, and it's not necessarily like you want to go out there and smash lots of fitness goals. It's probably just actually having the energy to get through your day too. So a lot of people will enjoy a great fitness routine, whether that is going first in the morning or after, after work and it being a supplement to their lifestyle to make them healthier. But if you're feeling really tired because of your adding in this extra exercise and not compensating for it with your nutrition, then that's going to make it a bit harder to fit in. So it's just making life a bit easier, but also getting the most energy out of both of those as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when it comes to exercise, there's a couple of different ones, but I'm going to ask you about aerobic and anaerobic training. Um, does it matter what types of food you're eating for those specific types of exercise? Yeah, so when we think about, I guess, aerobic and anaerobic, and if you've never heard those two terms, we'll put it in very simple terms. So aerobic is what we like to call kind of like long, steady state, um, cardio-based sort of sessions, so jogging, walking, even like surfing and stuff, swimming. Oh, yeah, with oxygen, Ryan's like, he's like breathing. I'm like, what are you talking about? So you've done PE. It is the time that we're exercising that it's at a low enough intensity that we can actually use oxygen to help us convert the fuel. And now we've got Lilo sitting um, next to a door scratching. So there's some nice banging noises. This is a, a comedy of errors at the moment. Um, she's all right for now, but we'll keep going. But yeah, so essentially we've got enough oxygen so we can actually burn the fuel. So it's at a pretty moderate to low intensity. So in those sorts of sessions, you can imagine we probably don't need as much fuel in our system because we're able to burn it um, at a lower level for longer periods. But if you were, say, doing a long run that was more than an hour, that's sort of at that, that moderate intensity, so maybe it's a 10 or 12K run, if people actually do that, I know. Um, or even, you know, a double... Some people like to go to an RPM class and then go to, like, body balance afterwards. So if it's a long sort of session... That's when we probably need to think about some food beforehand. Um, but if it's that moderate state, it's within sort of half an hour to an hour, you probably don't need to think about food as important beforehand. Anaerobic is when it's short, high intensity. So we've got bursts where we need to use quick fuel. So we don't have the opportunity to use the oxygen to break down our fuel stores. It is just using what we've already got stored in our body. So our body has a preference for using um, different fuels at different times. So number one is carbohydrates, but also closely followed is our protein. Unfortunately, we don't really store protein in any part of our body other than our muscle cells. So a lot of the time, if we don't have enough carbohydrates for high-intensity exercise, we'll look to protein to be able to convert 
and, and use that really quickly. Whereas fat, again, is used in those lower um, intensity states because it's easier to break down and it needs more oxygen to use. So that's why for high intensity training, we want to make sure we have enough fuel in the system um, so we can actually get those sprints done and those high intensity efforts. Because if we're working at maximal intensities, the bonus of that is we actually burn more calories at rest following it. So there's lots of evidence that if we can give 100% in those sessions, then it has an afterburn effect. But we do need the fuel in the tank to be able yeah. to do that. Yeah, I suppose it's a lot to think about, but it, it does it does make sense. Yeah, so I guess to put it a bit more simply, now that we have given you a background of what the different types of exercise, if you've never heard of those concepts, um, if you're going for a run in the morning or a walk in the morning, don't, don't worry about having something to eat beforehand. Um, but if you are, say, doing a high-intensity training quite early, so lots of people like to do F45, for instance, I would be eating something before that or making sure we're getting enough food the night before in as well. Yeah, and... To follow on from that, what would you be eating before a session like yeah. that or after a session and, and like when and what should we be eating? Yeah, so we don't really need to get too caught up in, um, I guess, like macronutrients, exact grams or quantities of foods. We just want a rough rough sort of distribution across the day. And for the everyday person, that's all you need is just real basics. So when we talked about healthy eating, we talked about the plate model. So half our plate with veggies, a quarter with carbs, a quarter with protein. If we're coming into a training session, say, in the afternoon, we can probably turn that plate into thirds, so a little bit more carbs than you would usually have um, because we're about to use them. And that sort of meal structure, so a third protein, third carbs, third veggies, is something good to have about three to four hours before that training session. And then you just want to top yourself up so, one, you're not hungry going into the training session, but you have enough fuel to get through, particularly a high-intensity session. So a snack one to two hours before, mainly carbohydrates, is good as well. Um, so I guess what that looks like in meals is pretty much that lunchtime meal, that bigger meal, is very much just some salad or veggies, maybe uh, chicken wrap, for instance, with some salad. It could be like a rice bowl, so some 40-second rice, some tuna and some steamed veggies. Um, it could pretty much be anything within that plate model. And then the snack ideas are mainly carbohydrate-based, and we particularly want to avoid any fat just before training because it slows the digestion down. Um, so we're not getting that carb in, and that's where you might get that really full, heavy feeling because it's still trying to digest why you're also trying to get get your exercise done. So even a piece of fruit, some yogurt, popcorn, rice crackers, all those sorts of things are, are really good fuel sources just one to two hours before training. Yeah, that um that fat intake I think is for me is definitely what's happening. Like putting a bit of mayo on top of whatever I'm eating. Yeah. I can feel it just kind of sitting almost uh, almost like in my esophagus and whatever. Yeah, and, and it's just kind of there. You can definitely feel <clears throat> when we're having a higher fat diet and it's perfectly fine to have good sources of fat throughout the day, but I do find it is really satisfying for the body. So it does slow digestion down, which means you're not going to eat for a while, but that's not necessarily a good thing when you're planning on doing a, a you know, training session later in the day. Um, so maybe on a rest day, that's when you can have a little bit more fat, but that's why a lot of athletes, we really focus on those good quality carbohydrate sources because it is more usable energy. So for the average person, again, unless they're doing lower intensity training, carbs are going to be their friends to get them through their training sessions. Yeah. Um, in terms of, I guess, like times of trainings, that can that can change as well. Yeah, time of day. Yeah, so what time of day do you like to exercise? Well, for me, I'm a bit of a pleb in the morning, <laughs> even though I used to get up at five uh, for swimming, but that's probably what has made me a pleb in the morning. Um, <laughs> but I prefer to do it 
after work um, and around the, the sessions that I'm going to start at 5.30. Mm. So Ryan's doing um, some high-intensity training, so it's just 30 minutes. So for something like that, and for most people, I do find they, I guess people I see, they like to train either in the morning or the night. So p- directly after work or before. Um, so for those people who are training at night, what I think about is just have your regular breakfast. So again, think about that plate model. We want a good source of protein in there. We want some good quality carbohydrates that are going to break down slowly. So make sure you've got some high fiber options. Um, and then we want some color. So for people, sometimes breakfast having vegetables can be a bit of a push. So just some fruit might be a good option there as mm. well. So you're having your normal brekkie and then lunch is a bit more targeted, maybe a slightly bigger portion of carbohydrates or just ensuring you have them in general. Some people just like to have a salad. Those carbs are really important going into training. Um, and then that snack. So for Ryan, if he's having lunch at 1 um, and his training's at 5.30, he then wants to have a snack as he's leaving work, getting ready for that session. So it could be... I quite like maybe some rice cakes with some banana and honey. That's always yummy. Fruit toast. Um, maybe slightly more than just a piece of fruit if you've got a couple of hours to digest. But mm. if you're literally finishing work going straight to the gym, a banana would be fine. Yeah, um, okay. But for those people training in the morning, um, what we want to focus on is the night before having you know a meal that's got that plate model. So really important to have the carbs. If you find you're getting lightheaded in that morning session or you really can't push yourself, a supper might be a good idea too. So that could be some yogurt and fruit. Um, It could be a piece of toast with honey, just something light that you can have before bed to top up this fuel source. And actually it will help you sleep better if you listen to our sleep um, podcast and heard us talk about that. And then if you can stomach something before those sessions, depending on how early it is, it could just be even half a banana. That might be enough to stop you feeling lightheaded. Um, so that's just something to think about your how you feel during that session. But generally you won't need something in the morning if you can have a, a decent dinner the night before. Yeah. Um, because I've been getting back into the gym, I've been experiencing some delayed onset muscle soreness or DOMS. Um, and I mean, that's I know that that's normal because you're, you're doing work. So you're going to... Uh, you're going to be a bit sore, but I was wondering about um, like protein after the gym and whether the timing of it matters at all. Like, yeah. is there a period that you need to have it in? Yeah. So again, that's probably um, one of those concepts that's been a bit misconstrued for the average person. So you will see all the bros getting their protein shakes in straight away post post session within that 30 minute window, but it's not essential to get it in that early if you've only got that one session for the day. Um, so we sort of say within about two to three hours, if you can get some protein in, that would be great to enhance recovery. Um, and also having some carbohydrates in that time period as well can help with reducing that inflammation and that soreness. Um, and always getting in your veggies and your color because that's got those anti-inflammatory and antioxidant properties are going to help reduce that sort of swelling response. Um, but yeah, generally with our protein, if you've got a, a meal coming up, so whether it's breakfast, lunch or dinner, just have that. You don't need to have a shake and then that because it will be too much protein. And what we find is more important is that our total protein for the day is meeting our, our goal. So for the average person, if you just started out with exercise, we can probably aim for one to one and a half grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. So say for me, I'm 67 kilos roughly. Um, I'll either have, for an athlete, I guess it's around probably the 90 to 100 gram mark. And for me, because I do extra training, so I'm more on that athlete spectrum, doing weights and endurance exercise, I'm probably more up to the one and a half to two. So around the 120 grams of protein. 
but you do see a lot of bodybuilders and people in that space going to two grams or three grams of protein per kilogram. That's just way too much. And personally, I think it's a waste of your ca- calories of the day. You're eating all that protein. It doesn't, it's not fun. Like that's, that's a lot of chicken. Um, yeah. So for most people, they can aim for that 20 to 30 gram portion of protein post training at a meal. So that's really just you know, your 100 grams of meat. Um, it could be about 200, 250 grams of yogurt or milk, um, uh, your eggs, your legumes, those sorts of things. So we're not just getting that protein by itself. So when we're just having a protein shake, it's just our essential amino acids and our protein. But if we're having a food, we're also getting vitamins and minerals. We're getting, um, you know, maybe calcium as well. So we're getting all these other elements that also help with recovery and that process for our body. Yeah, cool. Um, we're going to move on to some common misconceptions. Uh, do you want me to lead this or do you, or do you just want to <laughs> we, we'll roll through the list? Like, yeah, we'll do maybe like a top five. So I guess these are, these are things that I see people either promoting on particularly social media or people just getting confused about. So number one is BCAAs. So they are branch chain amino acids. So you would see people, if you're at the gym, you don't know what these are, people sipping on like a, um, almost a sports drink colored liquid. They're most likely branch chain amino acids. And there's a concept that if we're sipping on these, they're floating around our bloodstream. And like I talked about earlier, if our body doesn't get enough carbs, it will break down protein stores. And that's those amino acids, those building blocks for our, our protein and muscle synthesis. And there's a concept that if they're floating around, your body's going to use them instead of breaking down protein. Our body's not that preferential. So it will likely still break down that protein. Um, And a lot of people consume them, um, especially if they're fasting, in inverted brackets. But if you're taking BCAAs, that's breaking your fast. So that concept doesn't really work either. Um, For the average person, they do not need to supplement these. They're a waste of money. Instead, focus on getting your good quality protein sources across the day. So every sort of three to four hours is what we say. Um, And yeah, put your money towards something else. And maybe maybe it's actually spending that $30 or $40 you spend on that a month to a PT session and getting better form and quality from your training versus a supplement that you probably don't need yeah probably having a more holistic view just for the regular person mm-hmm. rather than your high-end yeah. athletes or yeah, bodybuilders even high-end athletes not many of them use use that it's, yeah. It's, yeah i mean they can if they need particularly i guess vegans and vegetarians they might be missing some of those protein components those amino acids are a little bit yeah. harder to get in plant-based foods but again that's more individual than the average population yeah for sure um, another common misconception that i hear people talk about is carb loading so Most people, if you're going out and playing a game of footy or a social network game, you don't realistically need to carb load like we used to in the day where you spend a whole week eating pasta. Um, Those were the the good days. Yeah, yeah. Instead, you can just start thinking within the 24-hour period. So literally 24 hours before your game time. And we say that because you can't always do the night before if you've got a morning session. It really has to be about that 24-hour period. Start to increase your carbohydrates. So the day before it can be those good quality sources, so high fibers like your starchy veg and your whole grains. And then closer to the game, we start to reduce that fiber component to help with getting enough fuel into your body. Uh, But again, just go with hunger and fullness cues. You don't have to eat until you're stuffed. Uh, And that's enough I guess, for your body to compete at that level. That's all you really need to think about and thinking about that timing of the meal. So again, that third plate model, third carbs, third protein, third color, um, and then that snack before training or games, all you really need to think about. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, I think that's a common one I get asked about a lot. Yeah, I'm noticing um, the plate model you're referring to. So I think that's probably, 
I mean, listening to it now, that's a good thing for me to think about because I'm probably a fairly stereotypical boy who eats far too much. Mm -hmm. So it's good to think about what I need to be eating to make sure I'm getting all the vitamins and minerals and And that's that's all it's really for. Like it's about a more simpler approach for nutrition. So we do, like we said in that healthy eating podcast, we do recommend, you know, whether it's a fifth size of carbohydrates, a palm of protein, but they're just guides and it's just a starting point to make it really simple. And it can be something you can use while say you're going out or when you're traveling, you can always think about that plate model. That's why it's, it's a good approach to use. Yeah, for sure. Um, the next misconception is sports drinks. So we often see people sipping on your Powerade, your Gatorade, because the, as the marketing slogan is, it's replacing the lost sweat from that exercise. Electrolytes. Yeah. So unless you are running a hot, you know, a Hawaiian Ironman, you don't need sports drinks. So the average punter um, going and exercising after work doesn't need that extra carbohydrate and electrolyte because they're not losing it. And even the ones that are low sugar, you don't need it either. So unless you're sweating quite a bit, you're going for more than say an hour to an hour and a half of your training um, or it's really hot, you might need to have one of those drinks to get you through. Um, But it might not necessarily just be the electrolytes. It's actually getting in that extra carb source. So when we have sports drinks, we have carbohydrates, so sugar in that really easily absorbed it tastes really good too so it means you're also hydrating more Um, and the electrolytes in it is salty so it makes our thirst um, mechanism work a bit better and we end up drinking more so that's how they work but they don't necessarily put back in extra electrolytes for the average person who's maybe working at a moderate intensity for a long period of time you often um, even if it's in say like a triathlon or a longer event you often have enough opportunity to get in your fuel stores and your hydration that you don't need all those electrolytes added on top so if you're playing say football or netball on the weekend that might be worthwhile having a sports drink just to sip on um, if you can't get any oranges or lollies or things like that or you struggle getting down plain water but for most people every day you don't need it particularly kids too i see a lot of kids having it they definitely don't need it (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, marketing companies yeah. are pretty good at doing that, yeah. getting kids in yeah, so that parents get in. But uh, anyway, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, another misconception is eating too late at night and that causing weight gain or having impact on your health. Um, so there isn't a, a time at night where we stop digesting food and it becomes fat. So your body often will actually stay awake and, and finish processing the digestion of your food before it allows you to go to sleep. So that's sometimes why you have a bit of disrupted sleep if you've eaten a large meal. Um, but also if you've finished training at night and maybe you did a high intensity session or you've done, um, it's just finished later than you anticipated and you don't actually feel like eating. What I That's probably the situation where I recommend something light, like a protein shake. So it's more of a convenience thing. So you can get that down or maybe you make a quick smoothie with a milk base or a yogurt um, or even just having the yogurt by itself will be enough so that you can get to sleep but you're starting that recovery process. But just keep in mind if that's something you do regularly, your body will compensate. So the next day, it's probably going to be telling you that it's quite hungry because it wants that fuel replenished. So yeah. just be understanding that you will then have upregulation of your hunger the next day and just to obviously compensate for that and have some extra food because you missed that meal. So whenever we think about replacing fuel post-session, if you've done a session or a training or workout over a meal time, you've got to obviously replace that meal time and then some because you've worked out. So more important for the athlete, we're just giggling because Lilo again has got a walnut. She's just making a bit of noise back here. So if you can hear some scattering, that's her playing on the tiles. (laughs) (laughs) 
But yeah, so just keep it simple. If you feel like eating, have something. If you don't, try and have something light just to tie you over because you will be really hungry the next day. Yeah, cool. Um, in terms of a last misconception, I had to think because I like to round it out with five of them. <laughs> so either the rule of three or yeah. you know, five or even numbers or something like yeah. that. <laughs> the last thing is pre-workout. So another supplement issue. Um, and I see a lot of people taking pre-workout. And to me, it's just something that I've never been interested in. So pre-workout is something that people take as a form of caffeine um, to help them get amped for a session. Uh, there's a lot of side effects and a lot of crap in it like it's just processed um so instead a cup of coffee is really simple and something you can have instead so a lot of pre-workouts are quite concentrated and some people metabolize caffeine very differently so if you're someone that's quite sensitive something like pre-workout you should stay away from because it will cause jitters and really a heightened alertness um and if you're having that late at night before a session after work you've got to think about the impact of that caffeine then when you're trying to go to bed so we talked about caffeine having about a six hour half-life so it does take some time to break down so if you want to have um, a bit of an amp up for your session you know a shot of coffee or a couple of shots of coffee will work but keep in mind when that session is and whether it's going to be impacted um, impacting sorry on your sleep in the following hours so you've got to weigh up what that benefit is for that training session and why you might need a stimulant um, if it's a really heavy session or it's one where you're getting some strength goals in, it might be worthwhile, but then you also will be affecting your recovery because you won't be able to go to sleep. So something like pre-workout, it has its benefits for some people, but I would just recommend saving your money, having some instant coffee instead. Yeah, I remember a couple of years ago um, having that, and I'm pretty sure you said to me that it actually, or caffeine, utilizes your fat stores during exercise is that yeah. is that a thing or is that not a thing yeah it sort of is so um caffeine has been shown to increase your metabolism slightly um so it's just more of a thermogenesis response so you you do upregulate all fuel usage yep. um so that does help but i guess some of the claims that they get away with on pre-workout because it's not a medicine they can make a few claims that maybe aren't true um, and also if they're coming from america which a lot of them are imported uh then the claims that they make and that some of the substances that are in there can also be um, prohibited substances so there are some that are taken if you are an athlete even in some lower level sports that you know if they do drug testing you've got to be aware of what's in there as well um, and a lot of them are you know peptides and stuff so if you get drug tested for work too it's just something to be aware of as well yeah okay um and could you give us some examples of meal patterns, like for morning or afternoon training, like mm. sort of spacing and what types of things we might be having yeah. just to help optimize training and then afterwards? Yeah. So if, if we bring in all the ideas, so earlier we talked about just the pre and directly before, uh, but we want to talk about after as well. So if we've had our, uh, we've had our normal healthy balanced breakfast, we've had our lunch, third of a plate, we've had our little snack. Post-training, if you go at like 5, 6 o'clock post-work, just have your dinner and then maybe you might want a, su a supper or a dessert that's protein-based after. So the bonus of something like a yogurt or a milk-based um, supper is that there's a component of protein called casein and it actually gets broken down quite slowly. So it means you're getting these little portions of amino acids and protein across the night. So it's a bit of a slower digestion, which can be good for recovery. Um, in terms of if you're morning training, and is a high intensity session, we want to get that 
um, really balanced meal the night before, maybe a small portion directly before you're exercising. But really important in those morning training sessions, we get a bit of a heartier breakfast than usual. So something like some oats and yogurt and fruit. Um, it could be some toast with some boiled eggs and some other veggies in there or beans. We want that little bit extra food to keep us satisfied because often if we're doing a high-intensity training, you will have an upregulated metabolism for the day, which means you'll probably be wanting more food. So just be aware of that. You might need a snack between breakfast and lunch if you've trained in the morning, and then you might be satisfied for the day. Yeah, cool. Cool. So I reckon that's pretty much everything in terms of, of our basics here. Realistically, we want to keep it as simple as possible. And unless you are an elite athlete, we don't have to stress about stuff too much. It's just let's get in the right types of food so we're not going to feel lethargic or tired or we're not going to get injured as well. So that fatigue element can really impact your training. So we want to make sure you're feeling good after your session and not tired the next day. So that's where that recovery and getting that fuel back in is really important. Yeah. And I think, you know, just for the everyday person as well is, you know, for a lot of our week we're just going to work and we come home and we're mm. just we're just living life so you don't want something that can be really really positive like exercise to be yeah to be hindering your, your everyday life you want mm. it to be supporting and uh, you want it to be a positive thing. We've just, just got Lilo coming under us. here, so if my voice has gone a little louder, it's because I'm leaning forward towards the mic. She just wants a pat. She's yeah, she's a big sook. Mm. So to finish today, as we always do, we're going to talk about our life hacks for the week. So Ryan, do you have anything that's been getting you through adult life? Um, well, at the minute in SA, it's school holidays. So for, I mean, for a any profession there are it's busy times but term one was really really hectic just um almost not chaotic but you know like just never never stopping so having a bit of downtime and being able to take the dog for a walk and hang out with friends over easter going for a surf that's just been um a really good recharge for Mm. me yeah, I, I managed to get a bit of time off as well. We're obviously we're having a lot of public holidays and um, Easter and Anzac Day kind of falling back to back. So I managed to get some time off in between, which has been really nice to recharge. Going back to work tomorrow doesn't seem as daunting as what it sometimes <laughs> does when you, you've had a big busy period. So that's been nice too. But my life uh, sort of, I guess, vice that's been getting me through has been Easter eggs. I've eaten an obscene amount oh. for the last like week or so. But, like, I just – I don't know what it is. It's those tiny little eggs. They just taste so much better than normal chocolate. So I really have enjoyed, like, the M&M and Malteser little mini eggs more mm. than anything. Um, oh, I just ate so much of them one day. But I'm, like, a bit over chocolate at the moment. I ate that much. I suppose you could probably look at that as a positive. Like, you've yeah. gorged and now you're like, Ugh, get away from I, me. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily gorged. I just, like – enjoyed myself and I wouldn't probably just have chocolate as regularly but it was it was there I was enjoying it and then I had my enough and I'm satisfied now yeah you treated yourself yeah I treated myself but um yeah I really liked the concept of having that not just on that Easter Sunday I had like pretty much a week of, of having that chocolate there for me when I wanted it so I didn't eat like a, you know heaps on one day I just kind of spread it out but I'm a bit over it now yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to making some banana bread or something a bit more um, not chocolate flavoured. Yeah, it's been, um, as, as everyone knows, you know, a bit too much eating and drinking, but yeah. that's just part of it. You've got to let go life. sometime. Yeah. That is life. Cool. Well, hopefully you got a little bit out of um, today's podcast. And if you did really enjoy it, we always like feedback. So let us know um, what you enjoyed about the what we talked about today, um, whether this was actually 
helpful. If there's any more questions you have that's sports nutrition related, we can answer those for you as well. Um, so remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. So if you're on iTunes, you, that big purple subscribe button really helps us out. And of course, dropping five stars and leaving a review is very helpful as well. But other than that, we're all done for today and chat to you next time. All right. See you guys. Thank you.